Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to continue Spooner, Trial by Jury. We're in the last chapter. It's taking multiple shows because it's really, really important stuff. And if you don't know about what a real jury trial is supposed to be and the fact that it's really a political arm, the most important political arm, then you really should listen to the show and to the series. You really should. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth. And the truth is that I was a constitutional conservative for a long, long time, and then I figured out the scam. And it's a scam, people. I'm sorry to tell you that. And when I did figure it out, I became a self-certified master practitioner, and I've held that title for almost 20 years now. I also gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all this work I've done on the podcasts. And so I've got plenty of fake awards to stack up against anybody else's credentials. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and stop fooling around and get the show going. So we're going to continue Spooner today, trial by jury, still on his final chapter, though not the final piece you do, because he has an appendix in this essay that's the equivalent of a chapter. I don't even understand technically why it's an appendix outside. It's probably some kind of subject mattery thing, some technical thing that I'm not even well enough educated in to understand, like a, some kind of grammatical equivalent that it doesn't actually belong in the standard area, same kind of reasons you put certain things in footnotes as opposed to in the body of the text. It's such a great essay. We're, we're in this chapter that I still think is probably one of the most important chapters, though every single chapter is really important. <laughs> it's hard to say with Spooner. This chapter just goes into detail about why the jury, after having proved during the essay that clearly a jury has to be unanimous and the entire purpose of it is to judge all the law, the facts, the evidence, everything, so that the people stay in charge of the government. That's already been all proved. So that's kind of part of the assumption built into this chapter, which is going over why the jury itself is the most critical sort of political defense that the people have against the government and its overreach. And this is the problem I have with these constitutional conservatives in media and academia. They completely and totally cover this issue up, which is the most important issue if we have any chance at all of having any kind of protection against government and keeping government in check at all. People have to understand the way a jury is supposed to operate. And that is that the government's free to pass whatever laws it wants and pretend that the things are actually constitutional, so-called, and everything else. But the people themselves decide in the jury box whether or not these laws are going to get enforced. And that includes civil and criminal penalties. See, if the government can't run around with the Department of Justice and district attorneys and enforce these laws through civil and criminal cases against people, then the laws are dead letter. And dead letter laws are just sitting on the books all over the place from the 1900s and the 1800s, all this stupid crap about drinking and dancing and being out at night and stupid shit like that. That stuff's still sitting on the books, but it doesn't get enforced. It might as well not be on the books. And that's what dead letter means. And the people are supposed to be able to pass judgment on all of these types of laws, whether they be these ridiculous income tax laws, which are preposterous, all these drug laws, gun laws, so-called money laundering All this shit, masks, close your business, take a vax, people are supposed to decide. The way the system works is that you have to take 12 random people 
out of the population, and they all have to agree to enforce it. And if one person says, no, I'm not going to agree, then it doesn't get enforced. See, that's the way it's supposed to work. And so many people think, well, that's outrageous. It can never work. They're only thinking about that in terms of the fact that the vast majority of laws, of course, it would never work. And why? Because there's no agreement about them. The people don't actually agree. The entire scam is this idea that there's this election periodically and that this tiny minority of people out of the total group of people, 330 million people, maybe 100 million people or something vote. And at the end of that time, you count it up and if one side has one extra person, well, then they get to tell everyone else what to do. And it's idiotic and nobody would agree to it. And this system is the way to prevent it. And he was talking about the fact that the jury trial provides that and that the vote and elections and these legislative things, they don't provide jack shit protection. And he was explaining why. So I'm going to go ahead and pick it up there. Suffrage, however free, free meaning that he's talking about however many people get it as opposed to having to pay for it and limiting it, is of no avail for this purpose. The purpose meaning to somehow guarantee against oppression. Because the suffrage of the minority is overborne by the suffrage of the majority and is thus rendered powerless for purposes of legislation. <laughs> right? It just means that, look, you always get outvoted. And I've said it again and again. I have a minority position on pretty much everything. So my position never carries the day. Why would I ever agree to a system where I'm going to get no representation and they can just pass whatever they want? Why would I ever agree to that? See, I wouldn't ever agree that. I haven't agreed to it, and the vast majority of people wouldn't. And with this crazy election coming up, you hear it all the time. What are the most important issues? Oh, there's abortion, there's the economy, so-called, crime, immigration, <laughs> the war in Ukraine, taxes. Okay, well, what's the likelihood you're going to agree with a single candidate about any of those things or that their position in any way represents you? or that they're obligated to do any of it. There's nothing. There's never going to happen. And that's on top of the idea that they're going to go up there and do anything and that they're going to carry the day. So it's just time and time again, so many levels removed from anything that anybody with a half a brain would ever agree to. Let's continue. The responsibility of officers can be made of no avail because they are responsible only to the majority. The minority, therefore, are wholly without rights in the government wholly at the mercy of the majority, unless, through the trial by jury, they have a veto upon such legislation as they think unjust. There's no way around that. <laughs> they can pass whatever they want. People see endless examples. If you don't have the ability to understand that the jury sits there and says, nah, come on now, that's bullshit. You're taking advantage of these people just because they don't have a majority. If you don't have that power, then the government just tramples. And that's why the income tax is basically all paid by the top 25% of the earners, so-called earners. <laughs> Continue. Government is established for the protection of the weak against the strong. This is the principle, if not the sole motive, for the establishment of all legitimate government. Right. Isn't the whole thing I hear all the time is, about, oh, if we didn't have government, you'd gangs take over. What does that mean? It means that people who are so-called stronger than other people would just push you around. Well, that's all the government is. Oh, yeah, but we agree to it and it's constrained. No, it's not. 
We abuse anybody we want inside that government. Look at the government. Look at the reality. Stop listening to the rhetoric. Look at the reality. Constitutional republic. And it has to stay within the means. And then they spend the rest of their time talking about it's unconstitutional this and unconstitutional that. There's never any consequence. They do whatever they want. Laws that are sufficient for the protection of the weaker party are, of course, sufficient for the protection of the stronger party. Because the strong can certainly need no more protection than the weak. It is, therefore, right that the weaker party should be represented in the tribunal which is finally to determine what legislation may be enforced, and that no legislation shall be enforced against their consent. How can anyone argue with this if you're going to say that the governments are consent of the people? You know, unless you have this tortured explanation of what uh, so-called consent is, meaning that some people a couple hundred years ago agreed on my behalf without my agreement that they could agree. <laughs> and then they agreed to something that we're told all the time is we can't know what it is until the Supreme Court rules. They change the rules all the time. It's just all moronic. See, the jury is not just something limited to the criminal justice system or the civil justice system. It's a political piece of the whole entire thing. In fact, it's the most important one. How you get the laws is really way less important than the fact that there's a jury that's going to sit and decide whether those laws are enforceable. That's just, again, completely undeniable. They being presumed to be competent judges of what kind of legislation makes for their safety, meaning the people themselves, can decide what's good for them and what for their injury. It must be presumed that any legislation which they object to enforcing tends to their oppression and not to their security. <laughs> I just thought, how can you argue with it? So you're going to tell me that someone else knows better than me about what I think is a good idea for me? See, so assassinate. There's still another reason why the weaker party or the minority should have a veto upon all legislation which they disapprove. That reason is that that is the only means by which the government can be kept within the limits of the contract, compact, or constitution by which the whole people agree to establish government. If the majority were allowed to interpret the compact for themselves and enforce it according to their own interpretation, they would, of course, make it authorize them to do whatever they wish to do. And what has happened? <laughs> Look around. The government claims the right to interpret it with its own people. Well, what are you going to get? You're going to get a system that simply allows government to do whatever government wants. It's completely impossible. The only way to keep it in check is a jury system like we're supposed to have, where the people themselves are in charge, and they're told they're in charge, and they understand they're in charge, and they get to make the decisions about whether the laws, the evidence, the burdens of proof, everything else, whether they think there's something to enforce, whether they're legitimate. That's all. That's all. That's the only protection you have. Everything else is a complete and total scam. Your vote is a complete and total scam for a thousand reasons I've given in, in hundreds of podcasts now. There you go. That's the reason. It's the only way to keep the government within the limits is that the people decide whether the government stepped outside the limits in each case and with each law. That's it. It's not you have to wait and get an election, and try to get the people, and then you got a crook, and then he, he turns his back on you, and he doesn't do what he said he would, and then you don't get a coalition, and they jam this thing through in the middle of the night. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Nobody's agreed to that. See, nobody's agreed to that. The very, very fundamental deception the constitutional conservatives push in media and in academia, that somehow the consent is based upon the idea that if you lose the vote, that you've consented. I don't consent to that because I'm always going to lose every single vote. So I'm not going to consent to it. And neither do most people. 
You know, the only people who actually agree are this majority. Well, they don't need protection. Of course, the majority want to use the system to abuse you. <laughs> of course they do. And the people who agree are the people who run the government from behind the scenes and use government to get all sorts of free shit they're not entitled to. That's just obviously the way it works. And the only way to stop it, I'm explaining in this essay. Let's continue. The theory of free government is that it is formed by the voluntary contract of the people individually with each other. This is the theory, although it's not as it ought to be the fact. Of course, it's not actually the fact, but he said that is the theory in all governments in the United States, as also in the government of England. The theory assumes that each man who is a party to the government and contributes to its support has individually and freely consented to it. Otherwise, the government would have no right to tax him for his support, for taxation without consent is robbery. This theory, then, necessarily supposes that this government, which is formed by the free consent of all, has no powers except as to all the parties to it have individually agreed that it shall have, and especially that it has no power to pass any laws except such as all the parties have agreed that it may pass. Right, and this is where this whole constitutional conservative load of shit about how it's not constitutional and originalist this and progressive that and it's a living breathing document this it's like no we don't have agreement to that and see consent and agreement are all never part of the issue with regards to constitutional conservatism it's all brushed over it's all supposedly settled as a result of some vote 240 years ago on the constitution by a bunch of people who are all dead on a document that has now been interpreted to mean whatever the hell the government says. See, there's no actual consent. I don't consent to it. I don't consent to the way this government supposedly runs now. And neither do most people. But they don't ever get that issue brought up so they don't even know it. Most people who don't consent run around imagining they do consent because they're so misled by constitutional conservatives in media and academia. That's why those people are so big a problem, because they take all the people who would be on our side and they drain them into a ditch, because they never discuss the most fundamental issue. Where's the consent to the government? Where is it? You can't just say, well, the Constitution is the law of the land. Well, what does that mean? It means that the Constitution is what? Oh, the law of the land. Okay. (laughs) You see, it's circular. It only becomes the law of the land if the people agree to it. And the idea that they could have ever ratified the thing with a majority vote for other people to then go vote is ludicrous on its face. At a minimum, they needed to have a super, super majority to get ratification, but they didn't require that. See, the whole thing's been a scam since day one. It just has been. There's no way around it. I'm, I'm sorry, people. It doesn't matter what it was anyway because it all died in the Civil War. There's absolutely no way to have consent of the people to a voluntary association called a government if you have to go down there and kill half the people who voted to leave, force them back in after you murdered them and burned all their shit. There's just no way around it. It doesn't matter what the war's fought over. So, let's continue. This theory supposes that there may be certain laws... That will be beneficial to all, so beneficial that all consent to be taxed for their maintenance. For the maintenance of these specific laws in which all are interested, all associate. And they associate for all maintenance of those laws only, in which all are interested. It would be absurd to suppose that all would associate and consent to be taxed for purposes which were beneficial only to a part, and especially for purposes that were injurious to any. A government of the whole, therefore, can have no powers except as all parties a consent that it may have. 
It can do nothing except what all have consented that it may do. And if any portion of the people, no matter how large their number, if it be less than the whole, desire a government for any purpose other than those that are common to all and desired by all, they must form a separate association for those purposes. <laughs> right. See, everybody's always driven into this concept that we have to have this one thing, the one government, the state, the county. That's why they have these one things. And what do you hear in defense of government? Well, you got to have roads and you got to have murder and rape protected and all that. Well, everybody agrees on all those things. See, everybody already agrees on other. Yes, everybody agrees we got to have roads. <laughs> everybody agrees that you got to have uh, protection against robbers and murderers and rapists. Of course you do. But then they go on and they use that ridiculous, uh, fake, straw man kind of argument to then support this concept that the government has the right to just take my money and hand it by the hundreds of billions out to anybody they care to. By the trillions for stupid COVID crap to hand it out to, to create a vaccine and force people to take jabs. It's, it's moronic. There's, there's absolutely no way any of this stuff makes any sense with the consent of the governed. And that's why the consent of the governed is never discussed. And that's why the consent of the governed comes out of jury trials, because the people don't consent to the laws as passed or the way they're attempted to be enforced, then they're not guilty. They say judgment for the defendant. That's it. And at that way, the government can't step out of line. It doesn't matter how many other people agree to it. You can't abuse the minorities. And to say empty words like it's a constitutional republic, um, okay, so what? I still get no representation. And those same people push law and order, which just means that we have to obey these made-up rules that are completely abuse the people with regards to trials. It's made-up rules that the Supreme Court somehow tells me what the law is, and I must obey it. It's all completely moronic. It turns the entire idea of the people being in charge of the government on its head. There's just no way around it. And that's why this issue is never discussed. The majority, they have no right by perverting this government of the whole to the accomplishment of purposes desired only by a part, to compel anyone to contribute to purposes that are either useless or injurious to himself. This is the heart right there of the elections have consequences. Get out there and vote. Otherwise, we're going to be trapped in some kind of communist tyranny. You hear it all the time. We're losing the republic and all this shit. None of that makes any sense with a government that is limited by the Constitution and that the people agree to. None of it makes any sense. There would be no consequences. You could sit out every single vote. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry. Because if they pass a bunch of shit you don't like, well, in all likelihood, a ton of other people don't like it. And guess what? It's going to be dead letter when they try to enforce it. So the combination of being able to have a jury and the understanding that the people have a right to resist at the point of enforcement, you add those two things together, then you can keep the government in check. And of course, the number one people who are the absolute worst about that, pushing the opposite of that, are the constitutional conservatives. They're the ones who want to back the blue and tell everybody you have to tell it to the judge and go peacefully and all this other shit when they come to abuse your rights. And then you have to sit there in front of these kangaroo courts with these kangaroo rules and these completely rigged up deals. And you're supposed to then be satisfied that somehow you got a fair trial and that was law and order and you consented to it. They're the worst at actually abusing the rights of the people. Such being the principles on which the government is formed, the question arises, how should this government, when formed, be kept within the limits of the contract by which it was established? Right, how is it? For the constitutional conservatives, all it is is, is voting. 
Well, it doesn't work. 240 years of evidence. So how does it work? How shall this government, instituted by the whole people, agreed to by the whole people, supported by the contributions of the whole people, be confined to the accomplishment of those purposes alone which the whole people desire? How shall it be preserved from degenerating into a mere government for the benefit of a party only of those who established and who support it? How shall it be prevented from even injuring a part of its own members for the aggrandizement of the rest? Its laws must be, or at least now are, passed and most of its other acts performed by mere agents, agents chosen by a part of the people and not by the whole. How can these agents be restrained from seeking their own interests and the interests of those who elected them at the expense of the rights of the remainder of the people by the passage and enforcement of laws that shall be partial, unequal, and unjust in their operation? Well, listen to these questions. When have you ever heard these discussed? You haven't. See, all of this is obliterated in this idea that the only thing you get to do is vote. That's it. You get this one vote for your congressman. And your congressman represents less than one quarter of one percent. That's all he is. Even if he voted all the time, your representation is less than one quarter of one percent in the House of Representatives. It doesn't even include the Senate, and it doesn't even include the president. How much impact do you have on that one quarter of one percent? Nothing. They represent 750,000 people. So you have one 750,000th of one quarter of one percent out of three different parts of the government. This is idiotic, but these issues are never discussed. Continue. That is the great question. Yes, it really is, isn't it? And the trial by jury answers it. And how does the trial by jury answer it? It answers it as has already been shown throughout this volume by saying that these mere agents and attorneys who are chosen by a part only of the people and are liable to be influenced by partial and unequal purposes shall not have unlimited authority in the enactment and enforcement of laws that they shall not exercise all the functions of government. It says that they shall never exercise that ultimate power of compelling obedience to the laws by punishing for disobedience or for executing the laws against the person or property of any man without first getting the consent of the people through a tribunal that may fairly be presumed to represent the whole or substantially the whole people. He just lays it out. The only way to prevent it is to make sure that all criminal and civil laws They're only enforced by jury trials. That's where the rubber meets the road. If they can't get enforcement, then the laws they pass and claim to have the power to pass can't be enforced. And if they can't be enforced, it doesn't matter what's on the books. See, it doesn't matter what's on the books. And voting does absolutely nothing to protect you against any of this stuff. Nothing. And the way voting is held up and people go and fight and die for it's all utter shit. If people had any sense at all and had been told the truth, they'd understand that the only thing that's really worth fighting and dying for is to make sure that you can resist the tyranny at the point of the attempted enforcement and that you have a right to an actual jury trial, not the complete and total kangaroo farce that we have today where they sort out all the potential jury members and strike them all if you're not willing to agree that you must swear to do whatever the court tells you, i.e. whatever the government tells you. And then the government tells you what the law is, what the standard of proof is, what the burden of proof is, what evidence can come in, who can testify, what the definitions are. Then it goes to another appeal panel, which is more government, to tell them whether it's enforceable, It's utterly idiotic, completely moronic. Let's continue. It says that if the power to make laws and the power also to enforce them were committed to these agents, they would have all power 
would be absolute masters of the people and can deprive them of their rights at pleasure. Is that not what you see all around you? They make the laws and then they enforce them. And then they only allow people in under these certain circumstances that then have to, in effect, do whatever the government has said they must do in these fake trials. <laughs> it's just moronic. On top of the fact that they limit who can even be a, a lawyer in the case. So they run every single kind of uh, control system. And that can never work. And anybody can look around and see what the result is. The result is that we live under a tyranny. Whatever it is they care to pass, then we must obey. They want to close your business, and they do. They tell you you have to follow the science, then you have to. What's your choice? Risk your entire life, all your money, your freedom, to try to go against the government and its kangaroo courts. What does the government risk? What does it risk at a trial? It doesn't risk anything. What do any of the government agents risk? They risk nothing. The only person who risks anything is a citizen. And yet the citizens are so confused they don't understand how badly scammed they've been by constitutional conservatives. Let's continue. It says, therefore, that the people themselves will hold a veto upon the enforcement of any and every law which these agents may enact, and that whenever the occasion rises for them to give or withhold their consent, and as much as the whole people cannot assemble or devote the time and attention necessary to the investigation of each case, Twelve of their numbers shall be taken by lot or otherwise at random from the whole body, that they shall not be chosen by majorities, the same majorities that elected the agents who enacted the laws to be put into issue, nor by any interested or suspected party, that they shall not be appointed by or be in any way dependent upon those who enacted the law, that their opinions, whether for or against the law that is in issue, shall not be inquired of beforehand, and that if these twelve men give their consent to the enforcement of the law, their consent shall stand for the consent of the whole." He just There it is. He lays it out. That's how you do it. That as a practical matter, you can't have everybody voting all the time on every law and every case and everything else. So you have this system that's a compromise, which is 12 people have to unanimously agree when you bring them in. And the idea that you're going to get 12 people who were informed of the kinds of things I've told you in this 25-plus part essay uh, explanation to 99% of the ridiculous laws out there, uh, it's just zero. You're never going to get agreements. You're going to hung juries. And so the people wouldn't have to worry about all these uh, tyrannical laws. And that includes all the tax laws. And he includes that in the appendix. It's a very important part of the, of the essay. So this is the mode which the trial by jury provides for keeping the government within the limits designed by the whole people who have associated for its establishment and is the only mode provided either by the English or American constitutions for the accomplishment of that object. Voting is not it, guys. It's this. But it will, perhaps, be said that if the minority can defeat the will of the majority, then the minority rule the majority. But this is not true in any unjust sense. The minority enact no laws of their own. They simply refuse their assent to such laws of the majority as they do not approve. Huge difference there, see? Oh, they'll be in charge. No, they're not in charge. It's no different than the fact that I don't try to tell other people what to do. Other people want to tell me what to do. Me saying I don't agree to you telling me what to do is not the same as me trying to say I want to tell you what to do. Same way they confuse the issues with the Civil War. The South was not attempting to take over the North and tell them they must all own slaves and run it under the standard bullshit narrative about the slaves being the war. No, the North was trying to tell the South what it must do. 
And this is always the case. They, they try to equate things that are not the same. They conflate ideas that don't actually work. Me saying I don't want to agree to that isn't the same thing as me saying you must agree to what I want. <laughs> it's not. But that's what they do every time. Let's continue. The minority assume no authority over the majority. They simply defend themselves. They do not interfere with the right of the majority to seek their own happiness in their own way, so long as they, the majority, do not interfere with the minority. They claim simply not to be oppressed and not to be compelled to assist in doing anything which they do not approve. They say to the majority, we will unite with you if you desire it, for the accomplishment of all those purposes in which we have a common interest with you. You can certainly expect us to do nothing more. If you do not choose to associate with us on those terms, there must be two separate associations. You must associate for the accomplishment of your purposes, we for the accomplishment of ours. Wow, such an important point. This is why so much brainwashing around the, the United States and the government, everything always moves toward more and more centralization because if you can have this con job running about the vote, the majority vote, somehow controlling everybody, somehow everybody's agreed to be bound by this majority vote, which makes no sense at all, and nobody would actually agree to it except somebody who knows they're in a the majority and they know they're going to get to oppress the other people. Just like in the show I did that talked about that talk show host talking about how a third is patriots and a third hate the country and a third are asleep and all that's going to happen is a third is somehow going to get in charge and they're going to run everything nobody would agree to that but there we're told it's the greatest freest most amazing freedom machine ever invented because they leave out the most important piece which is the right of the jury trial not the phony baloney jury trial we have now let's continue in this case, the minority assume no authority over the majority. They simply refuse to surrender their own liberties into the hands of the majority. They propose a union, but decline submission. The majority are still at liberty, refuse the connection, and to seek their own happiness in their own way, except that they cannot be gratified in their desire to become absolute masters of the minority. If, see, if this stuff worked, you couldn't have a system like you have now, talking about, oh, they got to pay their fair share. Well, who determines what their fair share is? Um, the people in the majority who just take it from a minority. <laughs> it's, it's idiotic at the absolute height of hypocrisy. And yet they continue to tell me it's about liberty, freedom, and equal treatment and everything else. When it's so far from that, it's like the opposite. Like everything else, it's just part of the 179 Club. It's all it ever is. Continue. But it may be asked, how can the minority be trusted to enforce even such legislation as is equal and just? Okay, reasonable question, right? The answer is that they are as reliable for that purpose as are the majority. They are as much presumed to have associated and are as likely to have associated for that object as are the majority. And they have as much interest in such legislation as have the majority. They have even more interest in it for being the weaker party. They must rely on it for their security, having no other security in which they can rely. Hence, their consent to the establishment of government and to the taxation required for its support is presumed, although it ought not to be presumed, without any express consent being given. This presumption of their consent to be taxed for the maintenance of laws would be absurd if they could not themselves be trusted to act in good faith in enforcing those laws. And what he means there is that it's presumed because they don't win the majority. So by definition, the minority is not actually expressly consenting to what's going on. That's what it means to be a minority and to lose the vote. But 
it's presumed that they understand <laughs> that if they're going to be taxed, that they would have the best idea of whether or not this taxation that's been passed against their will is something that's reasonable that they agree to. And that's what happens at the jury trial level. Let's continue. And hence, they cannot be presumed to have consented to be taxed for the maintenance of any laws, except such as they are themselves ready to aid in enforcing. It is therefore unjust to tax them unless they are eligible to seats in a jury with power to judge of the justice of the laws. That's <laughs> so important, people. It's so critical to understand this. It's such a fundamental distinction. I, I spend a lot of time on I'm taking a lot of time to read this chapter and to cover it because I really think this point is so key because it's just such a fundamental brainwashing. Most people just cannot grasp this concept that the minority should have a veto on all of this stuff because they're not going to veto something that hurts the majority and helps the minority, it doesn't make sense because that law won't have been passed because the people passing the laws are the majority. So they're only going to pass laws that might help the majority and hurt the minority or help both the majority and the minority. They're not going to pass laws that hurt the majority and help the minority. That will never happen. See, that will never happen. And so that's why the minority needs that veto, and that's why the jury is there to do it. And it just runs completely counter to everything you're brainwashed about your entire life, about the majority and the vote and the, that being the consent, the Constitution, the law of the land, and you got to follow the law and order, and the Supreme Court tells us the law is, and the judge tells you what the law is, and if you don't like it, you have to go through the system and you know, try to get your guy voted in there. None of that can work with an actual minority. So that can never, ever work. So they're completely and totally dependent at that point upon the majority protecting minority rights. Well, that's not a position that anybody would consent to. Who would consent to allow the protection of their rights to be in the hands of somebody else they have no control of? Who would do that? That would be someone who's non compass mentis. <laughs> it makes no sense. The protection of your own rights has to be kept in your own hands, and that's what the jury's all about. All right, I'm going to read one little bit more. Then finish this paragraph up. Taxing them for the support of the laws on the assumption that they are in favor of the laws and at the same time refusing them the right as jurors to judge of the justice of the laws on the assumption that they are opposed to the laws are flat contradictions. <laughs> I mean, how do you get around that? How do you get around it? I'm going to read it again. Taxing them for the support of the laws on the assumption that they are in favor of the laws and at the same time refusing them the right as yours to judge the justice of the laws on the assumption that they are opposed to laws are flat contradictions. See, you can't have it both ways, people. You can't say that they consent to it. You, they, all, they consent to these tax laws. Of course they do. It's the consent of the government and the Constitution and all this other shit. And then say, oh, well, you can't give them a right to the jury trials because they're against the laws. <laughs> it's like, are they against the laws or are they in favor of the laws? You can't have it both ways, see. The way you find out if the people are actually in favor of something, actually support the laws, is at the jury trial. That's where the rubber meets the road. And that's why the fundamental misunderstanding, confusion, and obliteration of all the jury trials and what the jury is supposed to do has been going on for the entire time of this country. And in the last 150 years since the Civil War, has been totally obliterated since he wrote this essay completely obliterated. And in law schools, they don't teach it. And TV and, and books and, and movies and, 
every kind of academic pursuit, every single one of them completely and totally miseducates people and blows by this fact and covers it all up and turns it on its head. And that's why we're in the trouble we're in, because the people are not in charge. The government's in charge of the people. And yet the people are told that the people are in charge of the government, because everything is the 179 Club. It's taught as close to 180 degrees off from reality as possible. And this essay just goes to the absolute heart. And that's why this essay, in my opinion, is even more important than uh, no trees in the Constitution of no authority, where Spooner proves that the Constitution is a piece of junk. Because people can't really grasp that, and they want to have some kind of government that's just in people at this point. And so I'm doing this essay, and that's all I'm going to read for today. I'm doing this essay because this jury trial understanding is a way to, as of right now, stop the tyranny if people understood it. It, it wouldn't matter if Joe Biden was in there as a dementia patient and Nancy Pelosi they're passing all sorts of stupid shit. It wouldn't matter. I'm showing people that they could not enforce the laws. And if you knew they could not enforce the laws, then it wouldn't matter and you could just ignore them because the people don't want those laws. And it doesn't matter that there's a majority of people, a cooked up fake ass majority of people who the government says who's allowed to vote in a government election and the government counts the votes. It doesn't matter. You can't take my rights because of a vote. My rights aren't subject to being lost as a result of a vote. That's the fundamental issue. And the constitutional conservatives talk about lawsuits and looking to the government to protect, as opposed to showing that the people hold that protection in their own hands through the juries. But they've been so badly distorted, so badly lied to for so long, no one understands it. And just trying to get that point through to people is almost impossible. The vast, vast majority of people cannot grasp the point I'm making that I've spent now several episodes making again and again. They still can't get it. So much deep brainwashing about my law and order and to take it to the judge and all this other stupid shit and the voting and the majority, voting consequences and elections have consequences and blah, blah, blah. The brainwashing is so deep. It's so incredibly deep. A compromise, you got to reach compromise. Like, no, no, I don't have to reach compromise on something that takes my shit. That's not true. I don't agree that I have to reach compromise. And compromise means simply that you do what you want to me because I don't have enough votes. (laughs) It's moronic. So I don't know how many people are even getting this point. I really don't. I can't tell. I know the people inside Patreon, for the most part, they get it. You know, and I know a lot of people like my show, they get it. But people who just hear an episode like that, like I've just done, they don't get it. And that's why these Hooner episodes are not that popular with the general public. And I keep making them because the people inside Patreon want them. And I think they're important. And I think that it's the most important series of essays that are out there. And I think these shows are the most important shows I do because I show people the way it works with these phony baloney, constitutional conservative jokers and media. I point out the jokers in politics. I point out all the consistencies in the laws, but people always want to answer. What can we do? What can we do? And then I present them with the answer of what you can do with these jury trials and the people don't like it and they move on. They don't want to hear it. (laughs) It's very funny to me. It's typical, typical of the uh, way the system just doesn't work and why it is that a small group of people can simply take advantage of the vast majority of people and just move them around with lies, packs of lies, just move them around with emotion and just lie to them enough and then get them completely and totally identified with this idea that they're a freedom-fighting, constitution-protecting patriot 
and they really imagine that that's the truth, and then they just don't have the slightest fucking clue what the Constitution actually is, how it works, uh, how fake it actually is, what a bunch of Barnum statements are in there, and the fact that the answer is jury trials. They have no clue about any of it. And yet they're totally and completely convinced they do know. I get it all the time on my Twitter account. Even now, though I'm private now, I'm going to stay private until the movie comes out or Musk takes full control on that account because I don't want to take a chance on getting banned. I'm not going to get banned from Twitter. I'm just not going to. So, But I get it all the time from people. They're completely convinced they know what they're talking about. And they're just spewing the same old constitutional conservative talking points. I've told people again and again I was a constitutional conservative for many, many, many years. Then I figured out the scam. And it's a scam. That's all. And I try to explain it to people because the only way we're going to have any chance is to get the people who want freedom and liberty, small government, to understand the kinds of things I tell people. It's the only chance we have. And it's not even much of a chance, honestly. It's not. Because I get so little support and my show is so horribly restricted and so is my Twitter account and everything else. It's just the way it is. So I'm putting it out there and my conscience is clean. And I have a long record now of making hundreds of shows that explain it to people and there's nothing I can do besides what I have done that's all so people have to run with it at this point that's all they have to run with it I can't do it all so so that's all I'm going to do for the show today and uh, if you want to follow me you can I'm on Twitter I'm legal man at US crime review it used to be legal man at US law review I changed it to crime review to supposedly reset the suspension system it appears to be working right now I can't know because I haven't peeked outside private yet but I think it actually is working some. So if you want to follow me, you can there. You can follow my Telegram channel in case I ever do get suspended or booted. It's Legal Man the Quash. Just go over there and sign up. It's got a chat group associated with it as well. You can sign into that. And then I want to thank the people who are on Patreon who support my show with uh, money. They actually kick skin in the game for all the time it took me to learn all this shit, sort it all out, and then to make the show. And I appreciate that. They're good people. And I like having those people around because it's it's good to know that there are people who actually have a concrete interest and show material, undeniable evidence to me that I'm working in a black box, but there are people who actually appreciate the show. So thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. It shows a lot of integrity. And I am going to do a meetup. I'm looking at maybe that early November time frame. going to pick a Saturday afternoon and do it probably after the election. I'm going to decide here in the next week or so. And it's going to be in DFW, and it's going to be at a place called Sneaky Pete's in all likelihood. I'll give you the firm date probably soon, maybe the next podcast or so. And so if you want to make plans to come down, that's great, and I'll try to get a general head count. But the place is large. It's indoor and outdoor, so if it rains, which it rarely does that time of year, uh, we could go inside, but if not, it'll be outside and it'll be really nice and it can accommodate a large number of people or a small group. It won't matter. So I wanted to let people know about that. And there's no news really on the movie. The Jones Plantation, I play Mr. Jones. It still looks to me like it's going to come out in November, best I can tell. It's really, it's, I think it's going to be really good. I hope when it comes out, people support it, buy it, make it make a lot of money. I'll have more information about how they can do that when we get a little closer and get into the marketing. But it was written by Larkin Rose. It's a great avenue to reach more people. And if it makes money, then we'll make more movies like that. That's just the reality. So I want to tell people about that. And beyond that, I don't know if there's anything else to say. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this show up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Thank you.
squash. 